Hey guys and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline, the weekly paranormal podcast where we research and investigate all your spooky interests so you don't have to. My name's Kaylee and I'm joined by my co-host Oshin. Hello. Oshin, I feel like everybody gets our names wrong. <laughs> I got an email the other day and it was like, hello Katie. Uh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> your name is just a mystery. Man. My name is, is straight up a mystery. Maybe we need to go over that like really slow. Imagine Oshin. the name Sheen. Um... Like and Charlie then, Sheen. Like Charlie Sheen. So Sheen, but put a uh in front of it. So you get uh Sheen. Uh, don't, don't even bother trying spelling it. But uh, welcome back to the land of modern technology, Oshin. Uh, you just got back from a week of living like a Viking. Yes. Uh, how did the reenactment go? Have you uh, seen anything paranormal? Uh, I'm still like trying to unpack myself like mentally, physically and spiritually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, even just being away from technology for that long, it's kind of... It, it, it's... It's good, you know. It suits me. Do I see anything paranormal? I saw a lot of things that were definitely not normal. I saw a man ra- wrapped in, in fairy lights and he seemed to be... That's not... That is definitely modern technology. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's 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 not... It's not digital. Do you think if a, if a Viking ghost... Like, do you think they would be more likely to appear to somebody who's doing a Viking reenactment? I don't know. I hope so, so I could meet one. I don't um, think I've ever heard of anybody being contacted by a ghost that old i feel like there's an expiry date on ghosts there could well be they're all busy in valhalla anyway you know so speaking of modern technology this week's episode is going to be based on possibly one of the earliest forms of paranormal technology if you could even call it that uh, this week on the podcast we're going to be taking a look at the history and the process behind the notorious ouija board i have to say starting off that i honestly didn't know much about the ouija board when i started researching this but I learned so much interesting stuff about its origins and I can't wait to share it with you. Okay. It's far more paranormal than I expected it to be. Cool, because I always like, again, I don't know a huge amount about it, but I always thought it was kind of like the the soft side or like the game side of Yeah, of right? Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why that changed, but I'll get into that later. Uh, I want to start off as well by saying most of what we know about the Ouija board comes from a man named Robert Murch. And he's the world-renowned expert on Ouija boards. And he's done a lot of research into the history of all kind of talking boards and serves as the chairman of the board for the Talking Board Historical Society. It's a great name. Which he founded. <laughs> it's a really it. funny name. And I appreciate that he did that. <laughs> like he, he didn't have to, but he did it for us. I feel. Yep. He even organized a Ouija con back in 2015, which celebrated the board's 125th birthday. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> You could show up like dressed as Luigi, just get it all wrong. Oh, that's terrible. I hate that. I'm sorry. Um, by the way, if you're enjoying this show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, for the price of a pint, you can help us keep the podcast going and help us improve the podcast. Uh, we also have a lot of plans for this podcast and the Patreon is really going to help us get those plans into motion. Mm-hmm. But you can also help support us by rating the podcast, which is free. You can rate it wherever you listen to it, pretty much. Uh, Spotify now has a rating system, which is great. Um, We really appreciate it. Cheers. So, back to the history of the Ouija board. It's no surprise that the Ouija board was created during the 19th century's obsession with spiritualism. We've spoken about spiritualism before on the podcast, so I won't go too deep into it. But essentially, spiritualism was a time when people were obsessed with seances and ghosts and stuff like that. The interesting thing about spiritualism is that it didn't have any effect on your religious belief. Like, you could be a Catholic and spend 
your entire Saturday night talking to ghosts and having a seance and doing psychic stuff and then go to church on Sunday. There'd be no problem there because it doesn't have an effect on your religion. So it's not like, oh, hey, you're going to hell now. Yeah, well, (laughs) it didn't used to be like that. You could be a Catholic, believe in all the Catholic practices and still do ghost hunting, Mm, basically. Just just like watching the telly. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Um, And it was very popular. In 1886... Fledging Associated Press reported that in Ohio, spiritualist groups, they had developed a new method of communicating with the dead. One that was much faster than waiting for knocks or bangs, and you could get way more than a yes or no answer. Uh, again, this happened in Ohio. Why is Ohio so paranormal? I, like, I feel like everything leads back to Ohio, There's man. A lot, of, a lot of Ohio. Yeah, like we covered, the, the last episode was in Ohio, the, <laughs> the amusement park. Yeah. Essentially, what these groups in Ohio had created was a board with the alphabet written in a semicircle and the numbers 1 to 10 and then a planchette device used by their participants to kind of communicate with the dead by moving it with their hands. And this is basically the first homemade Ouija board design. Now, there was similar things created before, like there was ones in France or I think even parts of Asia had a kind of planchette that would move around. But this is like the first design that had the semi-circle with the yes or no and the numbers on it. The kind of design you'd expect with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. So this was before the internet, so it took a while for this article to get around and for other people to hear about this board and begin to use it. And it wasn't until the year 1890, so this was, this was four years later, when a man named Charles Kennard from Baltimore, Maryland, decided that this was going to be a profitable idea. <laughs> and he decided that he wanted to start selling these boards to make some money... You the know, American dream. He gathered some investors to begin a company called the Kennard Novelty Company. Two of the investors were Elijah Bond, a local attorney, and Colonel Washington Bowie, a surveyor. <laughs> Very nice names. Bowie yeah, yeah. and Bond. It's important to note that none of these men were spiritualists. They just recognized that there was a market for this and decided to invest in it. They weren't actually like interested in the spiritual side of it at all. Right. But before they could market the board, they needed a name. So I always assumed that Ouija was just like a foreign language or something, and I just didn't understand it. I didn't know like where the actual name came from. And some people thought that Ouija was a combination of French and German. Yeah, like, no, that's what I thought. Yeah, like we and yeah. But that's not actually what it is at all. So the businessmen gathered around the board, along with Bond's sister-in-law, who apparently was a very strong medium, and asked the board what it should be called. <gasps> no way. And the board responded with Ouija. So the board actually named itself. <laughs> that's that's pretty, so cool. Uh, that's very cool. They then asked the board what Ouija meant. And the board just said, good luck. <laughs> now, I don't know if the board was telling them that Ouija meant good luck or if it was wishing them good luck. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's some terrifying. Like, yeah, that's, that's some like, you've opened the gateway now, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So, again, before they could even sell the board, they needed something else. They needed something very important, a patent for the board. And in order to get the patent, they needed to prove that the board actually worked. So, they brought the board into the patent office, and the patent officer said if the board could tell them his name, which they didn't know at the time, he would grant them the patent. So, they gathered around the board and asked the board what his name is. And lo and behold... The board gave them the officer's name. 
And he was what? apparently very shook by this and just granted them the patent for a toy or a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, pretty much. The first part patent didn't even offer an explanation as to how the device worked. It just asserted that it does. <laughs> how does it work? I don't know. It, it do. It just it works. That's fantastic. Um, but, but I should mention here, because somebody's probably going to point it out at some stage, that Elijah Bond, who was at the patent office, was a lawyer, and he did actually work in patents as well. So the chances <laughs> of him knowing the officer's name was very likely, but, you know, that's up to opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so the first ever newspaper advertisement for the Ouija board went something like this. The wonderful talking board. The Ouija is, without a doubt, the most interesting, remarkable, and mysterious product of the 19th century. Its operations are always interest interesting and frequently invaluable, answering as it does questions concerning the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy. It furnishes never-failing amusement and recreation for all classes. While for the scientific or thoughtful, its mysterious movements invite the most careful research and investigation, apparently forming the link which unites the known with the unknown, the conviction that a great truth was contained in the statement of the Danish prince, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than were ever dreamed of in thy philosophy. <laughs> Price, $1.49. <laughs> was that a lot back then? It would have been, right? Uh, I don't think it was like... Well, I don't know, actually. It probably was a decent amount of money conversion. Uh, it's about $50. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I was not expecting it to be that much. Yeah, it's probably about $20 for a Ouija board now, but you can get like... Yeah, probably about $20. It's owned by Hasbro now, so... And the Ouija board was immensely popular from the get-go. People just couldn't get enough of the Ouija board. Uh, the Kennard Novelty Company opened a factory in Baltimore... And then eventually went on to open two in Baltimore, two in New York, two in Chicago, and one in London. So all because of the Ouija board. It was huge. People just could not get enough of the Ouija board. Pretty much. And at this time, the Ouija board was mostly looked at as harmless. Just a bit of fun communicating with the dead and such. You know, how it is. Uh, but it was extremely popular. Uh, the following year, a man named William Fold took over the business and it continued to grow. But there was always particular historical events that caused sales of the board to soar. And those events were never good ones. <laughs> World wars and Great Depressions always saw record numbers of sales for the Ouija board. It seemed to be that whenever there was like lots of death, people would turn to the Ouija board. Yeah. I assume it was either to try to communicate with people they lost or to ask questions... I assume it was mm. stuff like that. But it seems to be that whenever it happens that something bad is happening, people turn to spiritualism. Yeah. It makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, Fold, the man who owned the Ouija board, died in 1927 after a freak fall from the roof of one of his factories. A factory, he said, the Ouija board told him to build. <laughs> So the Ouija board told him to build a factory and he fell off of it and died. Names itself, then proceeds to like go on a killing spree. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but during the Great Depression, the Fold Company opened new factories to meet the demand for the board. And over five months in 1944, a single New York department store sold 50,000 of them. That's a lot. In, in five months, that's just crazy. And in 1967, they sold two million boards. It outsold Monopoly. That's how popular this board was back then. Yeah, but the Ouija board was, for the most part, considered relatively harmless. 
That was until the year 1973. Can you guess what happened in 1973? Could it be the satanic panic? It was the year that The Exorcist came out. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever watched The Exorcist? Exorcist? The Exorcist. I feel like I'm saying is, it weird. Is that the one with the priests? Yes, obviously. <laughs> it's called The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's got a rabbi. I, on, I have man. it, I have it. <laughs> well, in the movie, the main character, Reagan, is playing with a Ouija board and ends up getting possessed by a demon. And oh. practically overnight, the image of the Ouija board changed from like a fun <laughs> little game to the gateway drug to Satanism, basically. <laughs> uh, the Catholic Church like quickly turned on the Ouija board and people began to burn them on bonfires. Like even within the paranormal community, there was like this off negative vibe towards the Ouija board, just really suddenly. Even when I went to an investigation in Wicklow Jail, for example, the Ouija board specifically was banned from this jail. Like, nothing else was banned, just the Ouija board. You can okay. use any other form of communication. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But like when Robert Murch, the guy I mentioned earlier, who's the expert on the Ouija board, uh, first started attending paranormal conventions, he was asked not to bring his antique Ouija board collection because it would scare people. Oh, <laughs> At a paranormal convention, come on. That's like asking yeah. someone not to cosplay Naruto at an anime con. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta expect it, like... <laughs> Hello, I, I am CEO, board of the boards, <laughs> and... <laughs> Get out of it's, here, your boards are too scary. <laughs> it's just sitting out in the boot of his car. Seriously, that's, that'd be such a cool thing to see as well, like a like an antique Ouija board collection. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, um... But as you have probably guessed, the Ouija board is extremely popular at the moment. Like, no surprise considering the state of the world and the global pandemic yep. and stuff. Um, and Hasbro also currently owns the Ouija board. And they have funded a few movies about the Ouija board, which saw its sales reach like 300% higher than what they were. But, like, what are those? Like, kind of like, not really the extras. It's like, spooky, but... You're not um, going to be The destroyed. thing is, people buy the Ouija board now because it's spooky. Like, it's right. even marketed as kind of like... The, the board, like, the actual <laughs> box for it now is actually kind of cool. It'll send um, you straight to hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can currently, like, purchase it, and the sales are still going really strong. Like, you can also buy items of clothing that are, like, Ouija board-themed now. Yeah, yeah, get, I've like, seen those, yeah. Yeah, you can get, like, Ouija board bikinis or whatever you <laughs> Whatever you want now. I do remember seeing that person online who had a rug that was like a Ouija board print on it. He just set the Roomba up on it. Yeah, and people saying the Roomba <laughs> was going to summon a demon. <laughs> that would be so cool, though. I wonder if it would... Could, could a ghost influence the Roomba? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, there are like certain rules that you're supposed to follow with a Ouija board. Have you ever done a Ouija board? No. Hmm. I haven't. Yeah, so certain rules. Like, uh, don't use it alone. Uh, these aren't rules that are given by Hasbro anyway, or by the way, they're just rules that are, that they vary, but mm -hmm. mo most of the rules are don't use it alone, use it in a dark or quiet place if you want to get better results, don't use it in a graveyard for some reason, and I, I try to look into why you're not supposed to use it in a graveyard, and the main answer that I'm getting is that you'll get too many people trying to contact you at the same time, because there's too many spirits in a graveyard, and I it's disagree with that, because why would somebody be haunting a graveyard? You don't haunt where your body is, you know? Just because there's dead bodies there doesn't mean there's spirits there. So I disagree I, with that rule. Is it just like the graveyard? Like, you know, 
you'd have the, mob- the the house phone and there'd be a few phones on the line <laughs> <laughs> the people just like listening in <laughs> talking in that's such a stupid like <laughs> yeah probably that's a very like, <laughs> Irish telephone situation right there yeah um, only the leader can ask questions is another rule and always end the session with saying goodbye now these rules are open to interpretation I was always told that you're not supposed to do a Ouija board alone but apparently people do that there's tons of videos online of people just doing Ouija boards by themselves I'm, I'm, I looked up the like the the gate the project by Hasbro, just to see what the the packaging is like. Spooky packaging. Yeah, but it's it's cool though. It is cool, but like in the description for it, it is it does say not explicitly, but it's going ask your question with a friend using the planchette. So it's like trying to tell you about telling you. Yeah, don't want a hard rule being with a friend, but <laughs> it seems like it, it it's important. It does say ages eight and up though. So. <laughs> Eight is the optimal age for being possessed, I've heard. You're, you're ready. <laughs> um, yeah, and I also heard that you're not supposed to ask ask the spirit how they died, because they might not know that they're dead. I don't know if that's going to like set them off or something, but yeah, no, apparently you're not supposed to do that. That'd be a bit I of also a... always heard that you have to say goodbye and that the person you're speaking to has to say goodbye. I don't know if that's true or not either. You know, like, the, like you got to say bye and then they got to... They have to say goodbye up. and if they mm. don't say goodbye you have to burn the board <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of people burning Ouija boards <laughs> they must they're make very, a fortune yeah. of people burning them and then buying another one <laughs> they're, they're a reasonable $22 at the moment so oh that's not too bad they're used to they used to be like boys and girls Ouija boards as in like you can get a blue one for the boys and then a pink <laughs> one for girls and then there was like a glow in the dark one so you know like the third gender you could play <laughs> glow in the dark <laughs> So you said you've never used a, a Ouija board, yeah? No, I haven't. Yeah, I used the Ouija board once before in Loftus Hall. And I don't know why I chose the first time to use a Ouija board to be in the most haunted place in Ireland, but I yeah, did. okay. <laughs> and nothing really happened at all. Okay. Like, I even left the board because I was honestly thinking, like, my negative thoughts towards the board was causing nothing to happen. Like, I was accidentally keeping my hands too still or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but other people tried and, like, nothing happened either. So, I haven't I, used one since. They could have just been out at the time, like... I don't know. Yeah, you'd, you'd wonder. Does it summon something or do they have to be, like, standing there ready for you? I'm not sure. Wait for the dial tone. <laughs> I do own a Ouija board. But I feel like that's just for emergencies or something. I've never actually used it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> For emergency Ouija board. Just in case, you know. I was always told by my mom and my auntie to never use a Ouija board. Like, my aunt told me that she knew somebody who used one once and went insane and ended up in a mental institute. Yeah, I know some people who would be very much, like, against even being around them. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but uh, it does scare the crap out of me. Like, especially when I was a kid, that just touching this board game could send me to a mental (laughs) institute. (laughs) Yeah, that... That's kind of one of those things that you shouldn't really tell a kid. <laughs> nah. Yeah, there was one time my uncle... This is like... I think it was even back in the 80s when like the exorcism was still pretty pretty terrifying in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Bought my mom a Ouija board because he thought it was an uh, astrology set. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, there was panic in the house because he bought it for Christmas. So everyone was sitting around unwrapping their presents and <laughs> mom unwraps a Ouija board <laughs> in my nan's very Catholic house. <laughs> I think they managed to get rid of it by giving it to, you know, like back before Netflix and stuff, there was always that guy that would just drive around with loads of videos in his boot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was the thing because I'm pretty yeah. sure The Exorcist was banned in Ireland. Yeah, well, they gave the Ouija board to him. <laughs> <laughs> the next time he's there, like, you know, people ask for the special videos and he goes to the glove compartment and he pulls Whips back. out a Ouija board. <laughs> he's like, well, I uh, have these ones or, you know, you could tempt face, go to hell. It's just so funny how the image of the Ouija board has changed so much. <laughs> like, yeah, it really is. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have that much of a belief in the Ouija board personally I've never seen it work any of the stories I've heard have been kind of questionable I think it's too easy for somebody to influence what's happening like subconsciously you know like you're you don't know that you're influencing the planchette but you are you know yeah, yeah. you're moving it towards things that make sense but then I've heard stories of other people who weren't touching the board like they were just in the room with the board and they'll start getting messages that nobody else would have known like messages from their nan or you know mm -hmm. and then you're kind of like how does that happen using it i think they're like to use it legitimately there's a lot of trust placed in who you're with i don't yeah, think absolutely. like i could trust doing it with strangers oh no, no like no. i'd be afraid they're just gonna like screw with me well i did do it with strangers and nothing happened so mm -hmm. <laughs> but then you were meant to screw with them was what was meant to happen i think that's a joke damn, damn. don't don't abuse the, the the trust of the Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. Once you use a Ouija board with somebody, you're you're bonded for life. That's it, blood brothers. But then somebody later on in that room used a pendant. You know the ones where you hang the pendant down and then it swings for yes. Oh, or, swings you know. over the things. Yeah. Yeah, and they were getting responses on that. And to be honest with you, I didn't believe any of it because <laughs> <laughs> because earlier on in that that room I was we were talking about the history of the Loftus Hall or whatever and I knew that specific room had been used as a school mm -hmm. and she suddenly started making contact with school children and in the back of my head I was like mm, it wasn't a school that long ago <laughs> those kids are still alive <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think any of the kids died in the in the actual place so I don't know it, yeah, I know what an awful place to haunt as well there. like you spend your days at school and then like yeah. I'll go back to school. Why would you... I never understand that. Also, like, the same... I know we talked about it earlier with the graveyard, but, like, who'd just hang around the graveyard in their afterlife? That doesn't sound like fun at all. The the one time I, I, I would consider it making sense is, like, Greyfriars Bobby. If you're... Is that the place that you're meeting your dog? Oh, 100%. The, you know, that's yeah, where I'm yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm going. But, yeah, that's everything I have about Ouija boards. Uh, if you have ever had a spooky encounter or paranormal happening with the Ouija board uh, let us know you can send us an email at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com uh, you can also follow us on twitter at paranormalhl we post there every week we post new episodes so you can keep up to date thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week bye goodbye <laughs>